Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Gibberish, or do you really know what you're talking about? Yeah, I, f I finished my tea and everything. Oh, good. We had um, homemade pulled pork. Oh, that was homemade pulled pork. So good. So it like, fell off the fork. We had sausages, we did. Oh. Yes, yes. I'll tell you what I should have had. I should have had some lovely Brussels sprouts with it. You sh oh, you should have done, yeah. What do you... Well, let's get into it. Let's, let, let's yeah. just get started. Let's go in. I mean, yes... Looking at Reuben the Root, and I, I sure did fancy a, a Brussels sprout or two. Did it put you in mind of anything? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely Brussels sprouty. Um, mm. I, I, it was it was strange because it's, this has always had a, a sort of uh, fan common knowledge that this is a terrible effect, and and watching it with a, an eye to the podcast. I mean, yeah, when you see it in long shot, yeah, oh dear, oh, when it's moving. But when it's sat on the stairs, actually quite a nice effect. I, I was looking going, how have they done this? Because it's quite, it is quite alien and weird. And... Do you know how they did it? I've no idea. All no, right, well, behind the scenes, <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a, a quite a lengthy quote from oh. the visual effects bod who actually created oh, them. I didn't think to go and look in that book you recommended. Yes, no, it is. The book. Doctor's Effect, that little paperback yes, book. It's, yeah. it's, it's in there, yeah. Great book if anyone sees it. Yeah, yeah, and rather obscure. Not many people know about it. <clears throat> no, um, I didn't until you said about it. it. It's incredibly in-depth. I can't even remember how I learned about it, but... Uh, yeah, no, Brussels sprouts, definitely. Um, I saw that uh, the reason why the Rutans look like the Rutans is because Terence Dick was thinking about what what ad this Rutan race, you know, that the Sontarans are up yeah. against, what can they look like? And he thought, well, you know, the Sontarans are, are short and wide, therefore we'll have an adversary for them that are short and wide. It, I, I just assumed that he was like, he, he, he was having his Christmas dinner and thought, well, the Santarans are, are baked potatoes. What am I having with it? Oh, Brussels. See, so uh, I, that, I have <coughs> made that connection. Yes, it is. It's a potato yeah. and a Brussels sprout, isn't yeah. it? Presumably there's a third uh, There's a third race that looks like a sausage <laughs> kicking about. Or a Yorkshire pudding. Or a Yorkshire pudding, actually. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting well, more hungry. Well, that's the isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. They are, wow. All right. Now we've got to think of a... A sausage yeah. alien. There's that, that. There's that dodgy creature in the pit thing that well, Tom quite, blows yeah. into. Could that be the sausage? That could be a sausage, or um, uh, 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 it could be a um, Christmas pudding or something. It's yeah. Or it's just, it's just weird. Yes. But yeah, we, perhaps we should have a competition on um, what what piece of food does each Doctor Two monster look like. There we go. Uh, right over to you, listener, on Facebook. Yeah. You know which yeah. which, which food stuff does a Doctor Who adversary Cause, most resemble because it's all food based isn't it? Dalek salt shaker yes you know side mount in a spam yes <laughs> yeah sea devils I mean you know 
Yeah. Crab sticks. Fishy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Does right. a sea devil have a crab stick? That's a, that's a question for the ages, really. That's a question for another time. Today we're, we're yeah. horror of fang rock, aren't we? Horror of fang rock, yes. Um, how did you, what's your earliest memories of the old I think I, I think I watched it when it was transmitted yep. and I think I really liked it because you know about that time you know you're staying up late on a Saturday night to watch the hammer repeats and this is yes. very much in the uh, oh, the isn't it justice yeah you can see this you can see this remade as like a, an, uh, an island of terror amicus slightly off-brand hammer mm. film couldn't you this you know a few sets <laughs> Bit of dry ice, yeah. This would be an ideal one for someone to do. And you know, the people being picked off one by one and they're trapped. Yeah, it, it's classic. got a bit of um, horror express to yes, it as well. So, yeah. You know, with a, a, a an unseen alien that can assume yep. you know human form. Bit of horror express in yeah, there. You yeah. Could easily, you could you could uh, easily convert this into a, a standalone. I mean, it's the the story is that good, isn't it? The horror is such a good story that yeah, you could you could remove the doctor. He could be a Victorian adventurer, couldn't mm. he? Mm. And it would still work. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, mm. it's good stuff. I remember <clears throat> this was... Do you remember, like, when you was at school and you had the school library? Yes. And uh, I remember I went into the school library one day and there was the, the novelisation of this. And uh, it's got that lovely picture on the front of Tom in the bowler hat. And I, I must have took that out every week for a year. And just kept reading it and rereading it and rereading it. What, read it in the week it. and then took it yeah, back, then took it, it back, out again. Restamp it, take it out again, read it. Yep, I absolutely loved it. And um, but I definitely saw it live because I remember uh, my dad and my brother laughing at the, you know, when the Rutan's going up the side of the lighthouse. Yes. And I can remember them laughing at it because when I finally got to see it on VHS, that bit just it was like so many memories came back of them laughing at this effect before that so, yeah, bit, I def definitely saw it, yeah. yeah but before that effect happened right you're sat there you've got your vhs yeah. and you're watching it did you know that that memory was going to pop into your head no, or did you no, actually have to no see idea. that for it to happen yeah it was only seeing it that it popped back in and i i, I thought i must have said the trouble is because i'd read the book so often i couldn't tell whether i knew the story from that or whether i'd seen it but as soon as i saw that saw that going up, up the uh, lighthouse that was it it just came straight flooding back that you know my dad just taking the mickey out of it right and, right uh, yeah but it, uh, it's been i she would probably probably worth saving for later but i think this is this is my favorite tom story i reckon what out of them all out of them all and it's certainly in my top five ever doctor who stories this is this is I don't want to say it's my most watched because I think um, Keys and Marinus beats it, but this is certainly my most watched Tom. All right. Well, I had a question right for yeah. right near the end for you, and we might as well do it now and then it's out the way and then we don't have yeah. to repeat ourselves. But I was going to say that this is, yeah, I mean, this story is one I remember liking then. It's one of the Doctor Who ones that, if anything, gets better. Yes, um, with, with age and stuff and I was thinking this is definitely in my top 10 Doctor Who yeah. stories so I thought I was going to I thought I would ask you out of all the 
adversaries we've had so far, the stories that they're in, how many so far would you actually put in, not for a particular doctor, but your top 10 Doctor Whos? And if you like, we can go through them one by one if you don't want to try and trust your memory. I I can certainly, I can say this. This is weird because this is not necessarily my top adversary. No, but I'm talking about stories, though, you know. Um, well, I know that because we've done Keys of Marinus and Abroad, yeah, uh, and that's definitely in. That would be in my top five. Um, Shall I go through? Yeah, them? go through. What else? It's, it's a good little recap. Yes, of what we've done because I think I don't know what episode we're on. To be honest. Well, this is episode. Oh, I mean, that's uh, it's about forty. Two, something really? like that. So, yeah, I thought you <laughs> might say, life. yeah, I thought you might say Keys of Marinus. Uh, we got both Yeti stories. Do either of those go in your top ten? Um, I think, I think Web of Fear would be hovering somewhere near the top. I'm not entirely sure. It'd certainly be in my top ten. I don't think it'd be in my top five. All right. Because what I thought we would do is, um, as as we come across you or I yeah. or both, as we come across a new one, we'll add it to the list, yeah. and then one. They can be bumped off the list as new ones come along, you know. So, yes, so if, if if we put you down for a web of fear for yeah, now, web of fear, certainly, all right. Certainly. Uh, the next one we did was claws of Axos. Uh, no, no. Uh, Robot, it, not a favourite. No. Robot is good, but a bit basic. I know I do find the uh, the interminable political bits a bit slow. No, I don't think so. Good uh, design, though. Okay. Uh, the visitation. Uh, no. Um, Either of them with Sill in it? Um, no, no, I wouldn't say there. All right. Tip tops for me. Either. Okay. Uh, Although I do every time I do watch them for various reasons, I do enjoy them. But yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, but not top ten. Not. Uh, yeah, top definitely 10. not. All right. Um, next we've got uh, Curse of Fenric. No. Uh, You'd the hard push to find a. Sylvester McCoy in my top ten. Well, you see, we're going rapidly accelerating towards New Who, and I don't know how many of these are actually going to be in I'm, any of our top tens. Yeah, I mean, let's go through them, but I, I would be doubtful that any right. New Who... All right. Yeah. We will get round to Horror of Fangrock in a minute, yeah. folks. But uh, So we got next we've got The Empty Child. Uh, no, wouldn't be in the top ten. Okay. Mm. Uh, that Werewolf one in Scotland. Definitely not. <laughs> no. uh, the Vampires of Venice... Um, the Foretold, The Mummy on the Orient Express. No. Uh, the Tim Shaw one, the first. No. Jody, where'd it go? Okay. Um, I'm ignoring the, all the Sontaran ones for now, yeah, all the Sontaran stories yeah. for now, because we will uh, be looking at them with other you know, key characters in them. Uh, Mavic Chen, the you know, Dalek no, master I plan. I, too long, too long. It doesn't exist. All right. But, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, the Crotons. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, put, put the Crotons in. It's a guilty, guilty pleasure, and I do enjoy right. watching it over and Crotons over again. are in. It says Brummy Bastards. So. <laughs> I'm not asking you to place them yet in no, order or anything. That would just be seeing. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm, yeah. Um, when I tell you mine, there's a, a couple that yeah. are very difficult. Um, uh, Frontier in Space. No. Uh, Horns of Nymon. No, enjoyable as it is, no. Okay. Uh, Caves of Androzani. Put it in there. Okay. Caves is in. Um, Twin Dilemma. No, as much as I like it and I wish I could defend it as a great story, no. All right. I can. It begins with R. I can never remember um, which one it is, but the Red. Dalek one with Ratcliffe oh, in Red. it. 
Oh, uh, Resurrect. No. no. Revelation. Revelation, Revelation no, of the called. Daleks, isn't it? Is it Revelation? Is that's it? That's Colin Bakewell. That's Remembrance, Remembrance, Remembrance of the, of the Daleks. Dalek. Yeah. So yeah, that's Revelation. Yeah. Yes or yeah. no? Revelation was Peter Davison. Remembrance was Sylvester McCoy. And no, Resurrect. Oh, I don't know. The Sylvester McCoy one. Um, no. All right. Um, the one with the Gelf in it? Uh, no. Okay, the Rachnos one, the big spider, no. red spider one. Uh, the Crooked Man one. No. See, I don't know the story titles. I've, I've just got the, the adversaries. Oh, yeah. The one with the Crooked Man. Yeah, and when we yeah. get into the new Who, I can't, I yeah. don't know. Um, I don't, yeah. yeah uh, the Eaters of Light. No. Uh, the Morax. Uh, no. Okay. Um, the Sea Devils. Uh, yes, that will be in my top ten. Sea Devils. Okay. But not warriors. <laughs> I was going to say, what about warriors? No, yeah. not to. Um, um, what one is Wotan in? Wotan is oh, in. War Machines. War oh, Machines. God. Oh, yeah, bang that in the top ten. You might get. It big... might pop out. Yeah, it might pop out there. You might be getting uh, more than ten in this list. That's what I mean. I might have to thin them out at the end. All right. Uh, the Dominators. No. Um, the Demons or Demons. Oh. That's a difficult one. No. Okay. It's just outside, I think, but no, I don't All think right. it's going to be. Android Invasion? No. Okay. Um, that one with the Malice, the one we watched oh, not no, too long ago. No. The Awakening. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I the remember two... those names. don't remember the new names. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the two Doctors? Um, yeah, put the two Doctors in. It might Again, might fall out. That's towards the bottom end, but I do it. It's one I do All enjoy. All right. Um... Delta and the Bannermen. Uh, oh, let me think. No. <laughs> and then that uh, the one Someone with the sl- like it. Yeah, the ones with the Slitheen in. Oh, definitely not. Uh, no. World War Three and uh, the other one. Can't think of it. Yeah, uh, the Shakespeare witches in uh, the no. Shakespeare Code. No. no, enjoyable but no. Yeah, the that piratey one, the Matt Smith one with the uh, siren. No, no, no. Uh, the half-faced man one. Uh, no. The Pating one. Pating, no. What about, though, the two Litton stories? Oh. The Peter Davison Dalek one and Attack mm. of the Cybermen. Uh, I put Attack of the Cybermen in there. Not the Dalek one. This is weird, because uh, if, if someone said, what's your top ten, you would expect a load of Dalek ones. Yeah, well, we haven't covered too many Daleks mm, just sure, yet. Yeah. Um, Celestial Toymaker? Uh, no. Enjoyable, but okay. Tomb of the Cybermen, definitely. Yeah, and then last week's uh, Carnival of Monsters. No, okay. That gives you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You've got nine oh. already. You've got nine. Got okay, nine we'll see. So shows, we'll keep an probably, eye on this. Yeah, we've probably waited towards the ones we like, haven't we? Which is might be a mistake. We might end up with Dross at the end of this. Yeah, well, we might next week, but I don't know yet. But I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you about that at, at, at the end. Yeah. Okay. So you've got nine on your list already, yep. but in no particular order. I've got four. Oh, right. Wow. I've I've got the Sea Devils, yep. uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, Horror of Fang Rock, and Robot. Oh, I see Robot made yours. Yeah. No, I love Robot. Yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm, it's hugely nostalgic for me to so watch does Robot. Does this does this mean if you've only got four in your top ten? 
that you, I, you've not enjoyed doing this podcast as much as I have because I've had more. But you are a me. massive Doctor Who fan. That's You're a true, much yeah. bigger fan <laughs> than me. <laughs> You're a massive bellend. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, that's true. Actually, I do. Weird, Doctor Who's one of those weird things where um, it, it might wane and waft a bit, but I always come back to it. And, and watch you never went away, off. whereas I no. did. And I said to you off air last week when we were, yeah. you know, talking afterwards about you know um, uh, who I'll be choosing, you know, next week. Um, you know, for the fifth Doctor, um, I said to you, you know, an advantage of me going away is I've got classic Who that I've never yeah. seen before, whereas you, yeah, you've watched every Doctor Who that's ever been made, whereas yeah, I haven't. I, I'm reliant on them finding some missing episodes mm. that you've got. You've got. You can just you can just order from Tesco's and get missing episodes. Yeah, for well, you. there that's are. What, I think there's three Doctor Who DVDs. Um, in Sainsbury's right now that I've never seen before for a fiver each you know classic ones classic who yeah no they're all classic who's yeah and uh, yeah at the end of today's episode I've got to announce who the fifth one's going to be and that's one of them and all okay yeah no no I've already sent off because you know um, if I've never seen a story before um, I've got to watch it once and then I've got to watch it with the info track so that's why I yes. thought I'd, I'd better order it and get it in quick before I even announce it so it's arrived just in case people hear it and it sells out because they want to watch <laughs> yes. it with us <laughs> mm, I don't think you so don't well maybe they I don't know I've, anyway I've, no. I'll talk to you about that at the end alright yes. but we so better get, get started let's get the horror of the horror of Fang Rock. All right, so we start up we, and we've got this, you know, nice model of a lighthouse there. Nice moody well, shot, haven't we? We start off. I think we must say, um, "Oh my God, I love this start, the theme, and the and the effects tunnel. as well." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we get a lovely. Uh, I've forgotten how good the um, the model shot is. It's actually really good. Yes, the, the lighthouse. Not so much the um, the uh, the falling star. Well, the falling star, yeah, that that that's a dodgy video effect worthy yeah. of the um, the awful video effect tally we used to have on Blake Seven yes. in character. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, perhaps it would have been fair to um, to have a bad effects tally. We should have done it, but that's yeah. a big list, though, isn't it's it? It's a massive yeah. list. It's a massive list, and of course, this is the yeah. the Ruton Ruton uh, scout ship crashing, isn't it? Yes, well, that is a question. So it's spelt Rutan, but everyone in his show says Ruton. Yes. So where, what do we go? I think we go with Ruton. All right, we'll go with if, what they say, Ruton. Yeah. Because so, Tom, Tom wouldn't mispronounce a word, would he? Never. Chameleon. Ian, have you got Messenger still open? Uh, I have, yes. All right, I'm just going to send you something, right, from our local, um, our local news website. Right. right. Could you please, when I send it, can you? Yeah. This is today's news about something that happened yesterday. All right. Oh, okay. Could you please read the title and maybe the first paragraph? Because I if saw it that today. Fang Rock, well, then this is amazing. I'm sending it to you now. Okay. You read yeah, it. So this is a Kent. This is a, a Folkestone Kent. Yep. Paper. So not not one I normally uh, normally go. With. Oh, Folkestone Co. Sorry, Folkestone Coast Guard search for mysterious object. Fallen from the sky. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now so read the first time. paragraph. Read the first paragraph. Okay, let's have a look. So, this is today, yep, January 12th. Members of the Coast Guard have been left baffled following reports of an object that had fallen out of the sky. The Folkestone Coast Guard was seen 
combing the coast in the area after receiving reports of a strange coloured object that had potentially fallen into the water yesterday. Wow. So no, no, next report, bit. Wow, yeah, wow, wow, wow. A, a spokesman said, we were paged around... He paged. What century is Folkestone <laughs> in? It's Folkestone. <laughs> That's true, yeah. We were semaphored around 11.58am <laughs> yesterday to report to a report of a black, red or orange object that had possibly fallen from the sky into the sea and which was vi visible heading east. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah. What was it? Do we know? No idea. I mean, I just saw that on the local news today, and it's like, bloody hell, that sounds like a Routon ship yeah. landing. I do like the fact that it says reports of a black, red, or orange. Well, red and orange, <laughs> I can understand. Black? <laughs> Isn't that yes. strange? Isn't that That's a, weird. What a coincidence. That's odd timing. Now, yeah. now, now, the nearest lighthouse there is to um, Folkestone yeah. is Dungeness. Right? Oh, right, and this is where this is meant to be, isn't it? No, Dungeon, no, 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 no. Uh, Horrorfang Rock is Cornwall, Cornwall, but right. Dungeness in Doctor Who that's um, uh, um, the Claws of Axos. Ah, right, yeah, I knew it, I knew it was filmed there, so somewhere. yeah, there is a lighthouse there, wow. so you know, the Rutons might be attacking, you know, Dungeness Lighthouse as I speak. Did, did you, uh, as soon as you read this, did you run down to the beach in the hopes of spotting Leela? In a chunky jumper. In a chunky jumper. Which like, amazingly fits it really well. Yes, I know. <laughs> Considering that was Ben's or Vince's yeah. or Rubens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. All um, right. Less said about that, the better. Um, yeah, so, so Pat, it's weird, isn't it? What a coincidence. If, anyone, uh, if anyone's been assimilated by a Rutan, uh, let us know. If you see anybody that looks like Ruben walking yes. around smirking. Smirking at you, just smiling. Yes, yeah. Well, let's talk about Ruben, shall we? Because yeah, Ruben, we, yeah, he's the first character we see, isn't he? Yeah, we got Ruben, we got Vince, and then we've got Ben. Yes, haven't we? So Ru the, I mean, something we we always acknowledge that what the BBC does well is period drama, and these, in fact, the whole cast, other than one, the entire cast of this serial could be in a period drama. They're they're brilliant. They're really well acted. Ruben, I think, is great. Mm -hmm. I think this actor is wonderful. Um, I, had, I sort of look, had a quick look at him on the um, Internet Movie Database, and he's ma he seems to have mainly done things like the Sweeney and stuff like that, cop stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he is great. And then we meet Vince, who again is superbly acted. I mean, such a good actor um, playing Vince, really good. And then we be meet Ben, Captain Knight. Yeah, Yay! from Web of Fear. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, with, I have to say, Possibly the greatest moustache in Doctor Who history. And you know stuff about moustaches, and you know your Doctor Who. So yes, yes, yeah, coming from you, that's quite a uh, yeah. an achievement. And and I could I could sit and listen. I don't even care about the the rest of the story. I could sit and listen. They could be a whole six part show, just these three lighthouse keepers on their day to day thing. You well, know, they've got they all this. Be, yeah, yeah, you've got all this bickering about, you know, the the, the merits of electric light over oil yeah. light, and it's all thoroughly entertaining, isn't it? It's, it's riveting, yeah. So, so these are these characters so well written uh, and so sort of they're, they're archetypes, but they're also they're not stereotypes, they're not cliches. So you've got yeah, you've got Reuben, who's the old guard, been there, seen that, done it, I know best. Then you at the other end, you've got Vince, starting out idealistic right eyed and then in the middle you've got the rational Ben. Yeah. This is this is this is sort of the Star Trek trifecta, isn't it? I could watch these people forever. Mm. Just, just eating stew and 
you know, switching the lights on and off. I mean, what that's mental. But yeah, they're, they're really well written and amazingly acted. I'd forgotten as well, even though I've seen this so many times, I always forget and it always shocks me how early Ben disappears. Yeah, and, he, and dies, you know. And he, dies, yeah. He, he's bumped off almost immediately. And, and yeah. you, you know, they are great characters and, as you say, superbly acted. And it is always a tragedy, this story, that nobody makes out, it yes. out alive. It's... it's uh, uh, like I say, there's, there's one there's one character, and I'm sure you'll know who it is, who lets the side down acting-wise yep. and isn't a particularly interesting character. But everyone else is is brilliant. And you even the nasty git, you don't really want to see him die. You don't want to see any of these people die. They should be off having a lovely time somewhere. They're all lovely, written, great characters. Um, but especially these three, I, they're, they're brilliant. Yeah. And Terry... Terry has such an ear for period dialogue. None of this sounds sort of cod historian, you know, like sometimes we get in modern Who, in New Who, we get people that are trying to speak sort of oldie worldy yeah. and it comes across as oh cringy. This spot on. It is spot on. I mean, you know, their their clothes look authentic, <laughs> their yep. dialogue is authentic. The set and and the yeah. set dressing. I mean, when you consider this was made at Pebble Mill up in yeah. Birmingham, it looks like they're on location. I mean, it it, it really does look authentic, doesn't it? Well, this, this is everything. Everything should be against this story, wasn't it? Because it was, like you say, it, it wasn't filmed in a normal place. It was done at Pebble Mill in Birmingham, which no one knew about. It, the sets were done really quickly. It looks amazing. Oh, right, there's you've got the blue screen effects when you're outside the lighthouse and that doesn't really work that well but we're used to blue screen it never looks particularly great but as soon as the fog comes up it's fine but when they're like the, the filmed bits with the dry ice and that it looks it looks like they've gone to an you know a, a craggy island and filmed it there um coincidentally as well on one of the facebook sites for doc 2 someone published a behind the scenes picture of them filming this and literally the floor is just a wooden floor yes yeah. It's amazing. I don't know if you've seen that picture, but yes. I, I've not seen it before. And it was like, oh my God, because this, this looks great. It looks like, you say, like location films. Oh yeah, all the bit around yeah. the rocks, you know, you would think, you would swear blind they were on location. Yes. Yeah. But they're not. And, yeah. and, you know, the ship scenes, when the ship runs aground, there's no water. That's just like black bin yeah. liners. Yeah, I know. It's, none of this should work, but it does. Um, a special mention as well. The music's really good. Yep. In this, very atmospheric. Um, but yeah, and then we so we meet these three. But then we get our first. Then this is classic Who, isn't it? The monster's point of view. Yes. Yeah. With that um, sound look, effect as well. Good. Yeah. You know, it's a good yeah, sound effect as well. So good. You have to put a clip of it on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he sees in black and white, which is interesting. No. <laughs> yes. He sees. How does he see? Where's his eyeball? Don't ask. No, no. And of course, you know, Vince saw it, didn't he? He says he saw yes. it was all red and glowing, but he doesn't think it's a shooting star. He reckons no, something really. landed. And this, this is great as well, because again, it, it feeds into this, this clash between, which, which again, the Victorian era is great, the clash between uh, superstition and science. Mm. And so, so Vince sees this thing, doesn't know what it is, you know, he, he doesn't want to make a judgment. Uh, Reuben immediately, it's a, it's, it's supernatural. Mm -hmm. Oh, a bit of good luck. Bring a bit of luck to you, that will boy. Boy. Um, yep. Ben straight away, no, it's not supernatural. 
you know, this is the scientific explanation. It's so well done. Mm. That's all we're going to be saying in this episode. So well done. Yes, yeah. Um, and a fog shortly rises yes. up, doesn't it? And, and, and Vince is right that the fog is caused by the thing that fell. Yes. Um, but uh, that's at the same point, that's when the TARDIS arrives as well at yes, the base the of the lighthouse. Yeah. Weirdly, the TARDIS is... It, the fog has confused the visual orientation circuit. So, what? So it can't fog. see through fog. Yeah, that's not a great time machine, is it, that gets lost in the yeah, fog? Yeah, but this is a Routon um, fog, is that's it That's true, actually, yeah. So, so I... Ah, that's interesting then. So, did the TARDIS, because we know the TARDIS generally chooses where it goes, where the Doctor needs to be, did it detect that this was an alien fog on Earth? And sidelines on. Them down there. Oh, yeah. Could be, could be. Um, and then, of course, we get Tom at his absolute best. And boy, does he look good in that outfit as well. Oh, this is this is the best look, the most alien. I mean, it's again, this shouldn't work because this. The reason Tom's so alien this is he's pissed off. Yep. And he hates <laughs> doing this, and he's he's just horrendous. Um, but it works because the Doctor's so alien and he's, so weird in this. He's so aloof. Yeah. His so delivery aloof. is so Couldn't aloof. Care less, yeah. And that's not. And that's again, that's like serendipity, isn't it? Because it's not any great plan. It's Tom Baker was pissed off. Didn't want to work for Paddy Russell. Had a big bust up with um, Louise Jameson. Was basically just annoyed at having to do this, and it can't. It's like Tom Baker being annoyed comes off as the best acting in the world. Oh, it's boy. amazing. And yeah, really good. And then um, out pops Leela. Yep. Oh, I love Leela. In a natty bathing outfit. Yeah, in a Victorian bathing outfit. Um, this is this is a particularly strong Leela story, I think. Oh, yeah. She's um, got some I mean, really good moments in this. Oh, amazing. Yeah, gets gets the best line of the show. Got some great scenes. Um, Louise Jameson is just perfect. Again, I think this is this is the pinnacle of of Doctor Who. Really, this is the great companion who's superbly acted. This is a great Doctor who is superbly acted for the wrong reasons, mm. and it just oh my god, it gels. Yeah. If you ever want to get anyone into Doctor Who, show them this one. Yeah, especially if yeah. if that person has got a for uh, horror films. Yes. Oh, if they've if they've got any interest in, you know, Hammer, Universal, Amicus films, then yeah, they're going to be they're going to be like pig in mud. Yes, indeed. Nicely put there. In. Yeah. I do. Though. I do like the line the Doctor says. You know, because they're supposed to be in Brighton, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. And I like I like his line about you know it's not Brighton, it's not even Hove. Could yeah. be Worthing. He's just mumbling to himself. Yeah. It's it. It's great. It's great dialogue, isn't it? It grounds it so much. Yeah, and I like the way Leela. She feels there's something wrong straight yeah. away. She yeah. she realizes there's something odd. And uh, meanwhile, we've got Ben in the generator room at the base of yeah. the lighthouse because the light keeps going off and coming back on again. It's obviously we know it's the Ruton, isn't it? You know, yes. who's yeah, influencing? He, he's, he's confused because obviously this is the early days of having. Uh, a, you know, electric lighthouses generated by a, a, a you know, basically a steam engine, um, and he's confused. And he's also because Ruben is basically taking the mick out of him that this thing isn't reliable. So he, he's a bit peeved. But to to balance up that 
not everything is perfect in this story is is very damn near but i'm not a great fan of this boiler prop it's i think it's too plain well i was looking at it and i was thinking they must have custom made that oh yeah, yeah. but what did you make it out of that that's must that must have taken some effort you know but it's just not, i don't think it's detailed enough or there's something not quite right with it. I don't know. Because the rest of the sets are amazing, but the rest of the sets, of course, would be just stock furniture, flats. It's, it's fairly... It's stuff the BBC excels at. But yeah, this this boiler, I don't... It just doesn't convince. Do you think it needs more rivets? Band, I think so, rivets. Bands or, with rivets uh, all yeah, over it yeah. or something. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's a, with a very minor nitpick, but I don't want people to think that we're glossing over issues. No, we'll... we'll, we'll sp- We'll point them out as we see them, won't we? Um, And it's there by the boiler. That's where Ben gets it. He's got at, isn't he? And I can't believe this because I'm always shocked because this character is so larger than life and so well written that even in the few lines he gets, you you remember him lasting longer. Mm. Oh, he's dead already. Yeah. But they don't notice that. That's when the Doctor, you know, and Leela, they come in and, uh, and they go up and meet Vince. Yeah. Um, all very, very well acted. Um, well, I mean, this whole, I love this this, in, this introductory scene where they come in and the Doctor's being his most sort of mysterious and and, and almost brusque to Leela, um, which, you know, as we said, behind, behind the scenes, yeah, it wasn't acting. Um, but Leela's amazing, and I love the fact that, that she says technician. Yes. You know, the part from Face of Evil, you had the Tesh, you know, uh, it's just, it's so well done. Yep. The generator's working. I wonder what's happening to the power. I'm not a technician. It could be shorting out, I suppose. And I suppose you are going to mend it? What? Without asking permission, I wouldn't dream of it. Let's talk to the crew first. This way. Technician. Anyone at home? There you, Ben. No, it isn't. Here, who are you then? I'm Leela. I'm the doctor. How do you do? You seem to be having some trouble here. How did you get here? We came in the TARDIS. We're mislaid mariners. Our craft's parked on the other side of the island. Oh. Oh, you got lost in the fog, did you? Yeah. Oh. oh, you best come up to the crew room. Good. Where are you heading for? Where? Brighton. Oh, you did get lost, didn't you? Yeah. I'll get you some victual as soon as we're sorted out. You'll not want to go on in this fog. Small craft, is she? Yes. No. Well, small in some ways. Yes, but big in others. What's the trouble here? The generator keeps playing up. Lights go off and they come on again for no reason. Mm. Tricky things, the early generators. Oh, ours is the latest modern design, sir. Still, it's driving Ben Wild. <laughs> ben? Who's Ben? He's the engineer. Mm. Just the two of you, are there? Three, sir. Oh, Ruben's up in the lamp room. <laughs> Killing himself, he is. Bit the bust. He's crippled. No. Oh, I mean, no, he's one of the old-fashioned sort, see? Never been really happy since they took out the oil. Yeah. Ain't electricity. I know the type. In the early days of oil, you'd have said there's nothing like a really large candle, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Reuben right enough. <laughs> Where's Ben now? Eh? Ben. Why isn't he working on the generator? Oh, he is, sir. You must have seen him. No. No, I didn't. Oh, he must have stepped out for a moment. You missed him in the fog. Ah. If he had been there, I would have heard. I'd better go and look for him. No, that's all right, that's all right. What's your name? Vince, sir. Vince Hawkins. Yes, I'll go, Mr. Hawkins. I'm something of engineer myself. I might be able to help. You look after the young lady. Right, you are, sir. 
quite a treat for me, miss. Is it? Oh, don't touch that, please, miss. Oh, yes, it's a lonely life up in the lighthouse, you see. I get, I go out sometimes and talk to the seals, you know, uh, just to get a change from Reuben and Ben. Seals are animals? Oh, yes. That is stupid. You should talk often with the old ones of your tribe. That is the only way to learn. I'll get you a hot drink, miss. Oh, I could do with some dry clothes more than a hot drink. Oh, afraid we don't have nothing suitable for a lady. <laughs> I'm no lady, Vince. The clothes you are wearing will be most suitable. Oh, these are men's clothes, miss. Working clothes. Um, I'll, uh, I'll find you, Miss. I'll go, I'll go and find you. You know, um, but yeah, they, they go up, because there's no, they, they can't see anyone down there, so they just go up and they meet Ben. Who are you? I'm the Doctor. Yeah. Always works, doesn't it? Yeah, always works. Didn't need any bloody psychic paper back no, then. No, no. And, uh... So, a lead actor with some personality, that's what uh, got them through. Yeah. And, and they realise Ben's missing, um, but Vince doesn't. Vince thinks he's, he's you know gone yeah, out yeah. and yeah. I love the moment when Vince says that he sometimes goes out and talks to the seals and yes. Leela's um, response is that is stupid and then she kind of like tells him off that if you want to talk to someone go and talk to your elders you don't go and talk yeah. to seals yeah you're wasting your this is yeah this is brilliant this is again it's the superstition versus science this whole story in fact I mean it's basically that There's, Leela gets a great line which is um, put your trust in science and that could be a summation of Doctor Who. Yeah. Put your trust in science. You know, more people today should follow that. But some lovely, some lovely dialogue. I love the fact when they said um, they mentioned a TARDIS, and uh, he, he goes um, big craft, and it's yes, no. Well, big in some ways, but small in others. Brilliant. It's mm. you know, I mean, again, considering that that at this, you know, while filming this, Tom and Louise were just not even talking off the mm. set. They've got such um, chemistry. They certainly have. I like the chemistry between her and Vince. I like the way oh, he gets all yeah. flustered because she wants to get out of those uh, yeah. that bathing outfit and in, into something more practical and yeah, starts to strip that, off. Yeah, I love the fact she takes her skirt off, but she's got a much thicker skirt on underneath, and that's the bit that shocks him. It's like, yes. hang on, you can see less now that she's taken the top layer off. <laughs> yeah, he's really good, Vince. Yeah, so it's, he, he gets a bit... Um, you get the feeling he's not met a lot of women. No, no, it, it's a lonely life in that lighthouse. Yes. Yeah. I mean, later on, so, Ruben's got some like dirty postcards, we find yeah, out, for his that, entertainment. Yeah. Well, yes. you've got, you got to do something in the lighthouse. Yes, you? yes, yes. Um, um, but I mean, yeah, so, so yeah, uh, Vince goes off to get some some particularly well-fitting trousers and tops for Leela. Yes, and meanwhile the Doctor has gone down to look for yeah. Ben and the well, lights well, come back on. And brilliantly, Tom Baker just picks up that bowler hat. You know, it, it's just there and he picks it up and he wears it for a few seconds and it so suits him. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think that's an ad-lib or was that put there I, for I him to know. do that? I don't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was an ad-lib and he's just popped it on. Because mm. um, there's no real reason for doing it. Because <coughs> um, weirdly, like, I mean, we do get it does bring about a small uh, error in thing. Because later on, when they as they're going back to the TARDIS, the Doctor's got his hat. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good have point. To start with, because we know later on she empties all his pockets, and his hat isn't in one of those back pockets. Yeah, so, so why he got it at hat? the end? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, we can uh, we can drop that. The the other thing I love about this is. Because the other thing that this story is sort of is riddled with through and through is 
how people react to each other and their class. Mm. Um, and the Doctor is the only person to call Vince Mr. Hawkins. Yes, good point. Yeah, everyone else calls him, if they're, if they're above him, they'll call him Hawkins, or if they're sort of equal with him, they call him Vince. But the Doctor's the only person to give him automatic respect. Yeah, good spot. Which he then doesn't give to Ruben. No. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, again, so nuanced acting from, from the cast here. Oh, mm. Good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like when, you know, he finds Ben, you know, and he's dead there. I like the line about, yes, I always find yeah. trouble. That's oh, a good yeah, Terence got, Dix I, line. I've got that written down. Tom is great. Uh, I always find trouble. Yeah. But not in, I mean, this, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, as much as I, I do like David Tennant and Matt Smith and that, but can you imagine them doing this? It would be quips galore. Oh, it would be awful. And, and yeah, yeah if, if David Tennant had Rose with him, they would all be giggling oh, about God, it. Oh, giggling. like death yeah, in a lighthouse. Yeah. Oh, um, oh but, God. But, and this is what sells it. Because it, it, when you think about it, it's a, it's a silly little story, really. But Tom sells it because he's, I mean, he's, he's several steps away from portraying it human as it is but then when when things start to go wrong he's acting scared it's mm. worrying him and that's i think you don't get that anymore you don't get the doctor being scared no so consequently you're not scared you don't take it seriously but this is yeah tom, tom is is great in this like i said i think it's probably his best performance yes yeah um it's at this point that's when leela comes in in a chunky jumper yes um, fetching it is too. Yes, I've, I've just gone on record as saying this is. I I, I don't think she is uh, ever more attractive than in that chunky jumper. I think she looks gorgeous. Yeah, I. I there's there's a moment later on when Leela smiles and it just lights up the screen. Ah, oh, Louise Jameson, we love you. We do indeed. Um, Reuben is suspicious that yes. Ben has been electrocuted just before the Doctor appears, he, and he reckons that they could be spies. Yeah, I mean, this this is great. So Reuben's immediately against... Because so far we've seen... Reuben is, is, is uh, you know, he's obviously friends with Ben, but a bit needling. But he's really paternalistic and nice to Vince. Throughout yes. this, he's lovely to Vince. You know, he's obviously... That's his boy. But, yeah, it's his boy. But immediately dislikes the Doctor. Yep. And the Doctor writes off Reuben as a person and that he's just this sort of walking cliche. And Yeah, and such a great scene. I love it when um, when Tom Baker says, uh, incontrovertible, when he goes, don't start talking your own lingo now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's superb. It's such a, a, a studded performance in yeah. that style the, of character. The Doctor just hasn't got any time for Ruben because no, Ruben no, keeps going. He's going on about there are strange things afoot here, yeah. and um, you know, and he's very belligerent when he's meeting the Doctor. But the Doctor, in reply, is smirking Ooh, at him. Yeah. He's actually smirking when he says, "Do you think we had anything to do with Ben's death?" You yeah, know? he he's written this guy off as a total and utter waste of time. He's not worth anything but the Doctor's contempt. Mm. Which is really weird way of playing it, but it does work. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's strange how the Doctor reacts to different people in this. You know, and again, it's dependent on their sort of class position, isn't it? Yep. 
Yes. Yeah, it's so, so good. Well, Lila has got no time for class. I mean, she, she basically no. just calls Ruben a stubborn old mule, and she's yeah. all for going out and hunting whatever it yeah, is. She wants, it she is wants out to go there. out and kill it. So, yeah, just go and kill it. And off she's she goes. She's proactive, she? isn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, yeah. Vince is telling the doctor that he saw a fireball land. And that's when the fog came down and it got yes. colder. So the Doctor's getting clues. I do yes. like these stories where the Doctor doesn't know what's going on at all. I, He's I've learning things that, yeah. as we learn it. I've got that in my notes. You, as you've been reading my notes. I've got that in there. That I love this, that the Doctor learns as we learn. Well, He's we know more than him, don't yeah. we, at well, this we've point? Seen a bit more, yeah. We've seen the now, POV. Yeah. Now it would be the Doctor would lick something and go, Oh, Rutan, rah, 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 they're from Ruta 3, they do this, they do that, their weaknesses is this, blah, 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 blah. But the Doctor's no idea what's going on, but he's starting to piece together the stuff that's happening. Did you get, I, when, as soon as the fog comes up, I always get, and I don't know whether it's because of the, the 70s filming stuff, I always get visions of the Nightmare Man. Who's the Nightmare you know, Man? The, the, the TV show, the 19, I think it's about 80, 81, um, Dougie Camfield. TV show six part about a Scottish Isle where this what they think is an alien comes down and it's all foggy and it's going around killing people. Not I don't know what on earth you're talking about. Um, That's that's a DVD you've got to get, mate. This that's it's superb. Yeah, it's called The Nightmare. Never heard of it. Um, I think that it might might be Robert Holmes as well. Oh right, okay. It's worth getting. If not, I'll um, I'll bring you a copy. Oh. Uh, no, 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 it's yeah, all right. It's, it's, I'll it's chuck superb, it up. Yeah, I'm all really for um, you know new experiences in science yeah. fiction, as we will be talking about next week. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, we've got as I said this terrific set. You know the rocks at the yes. base. That's when Leela's gone out. She's uh, she's hunting around, and um, also at the same time, Vince finds that Ben's body is gone, yeah. and and he thinks he's walking. He's got up and he's he's walking around. Well, um, he's already been primed, sort of thing, hasn't he, by Ruben's stuff. Oh, he won't rest, he won't mm. die like that. And, um, yeah, so he's, he thinks, oh my God, the dead are walking. Um, yeah, it's, it's great stuff. Mm. And episode one ends. Yeah, I can't that's one episode. Yeah, yeah. It ends. They know the ship's coming, don't they? And they have to go to the top and fire off the flares. Yes. Um, um, you know, to warn it because the light's out again and yeah. um it's very strange this ship i always think of the you know the 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 shipwrecked people yeah. but when you listen to the dialogue there were far more people on that oh, ship yeah. and they, when yeah. when it does crash you have people screaming you've got a, yeah. a sound effect of people screaming haven't you well that's that's the thing you you sort of yeah you you have to think about is that People died on this crash, and the captain dies. Yeah. There's other sailors because uh, Harker says later on, um, "No time for the sailor, no time for the captain." Yeah. So people have died on this. Um, that it's quite it's quite shocking, and and it's just it glosses over it. But yeah, you, you hear people screaming. Yeah. It's unfortunate though because you hear people screaming and it's meant to be a horrific moment. But they've made a fatal error. The model ship that crashes—they've done it in real time. Yeah. They haven't used high-speed photography, so it, it does look like you know it, something from Michael Benteen's potty time, yes, it, which has been pushed it, along. It also holds on the shot for a couple of beats too much. It does, doesn't it? It, it crashes. And it crumples up, and you think, okay, it's obviously a model, but it looks quite nice. And then it settles, and you go, oh, that wasn't so good. And then it just sits on it, 
they, moves again. They hold that it's shot, like, oh, don't they? Yeah, could have, could have sent a few frames out there. That would have improved mm. that. Well, episode two starts with um, Leah being Leela being quite dismissive of any survivors. She's just like, well, they're all going to die then, you know? Yeah, she's very pragmatic. I do love Louise Jameson play it when because it's like she gets left behind and keep doing the fog on. It's like, ah, uh. yes. And then she she uses it and it's like, oh, this is actually fun. Yeah, and she's loving it. Yeah, she's she's. Uh, She's not got the greatest sympathy with the uh, no, <laughs> what's happened. No. And of course, up there doing the foghorn, that's when she she sees the Routon. She's the first person to see the Routon yes. down there on the ground. Yeah, we get our first long shot look at the Routon. Uh, it's not good. It's not no. good. It works. It's not good. Could have done with uh, Vaseline all over the lens, mm. you know, or something. It, at least I, they I get, didn't. Yeah. At least they didn't give him, like, legs, you know. He, he is just dragging himself along, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, I don't quite know how he moves. Almost like he's on a bit of string. But uh, I just it doesn't look like a particularly big model, does it? That's the trouble. It no. Looks, it does look like a Brussels sprout being pulled along, uh, you know, a fish tank. Um, the other thing, so, because we immediately cut down to them wandering about on the, the great, great island set again. And I had I had flash forwards to Alien. It's very much like uh, it's very much like the planetoid that um, yeah, all, you know, all the dark ones. rocks. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I wonder if Ridley Scott was sat watching it at home. Might have done. You yeah. never know. Yeah. And at this point, we get our three new characters, don't we? we yes. We get Henry. Yep. We get the Colonel, and is it Adeline? Adelaine, yeah, she, yeah. So she's the worst character in this. She's, By far, she starts off okay, but then you rapidly realise the the limits of the actress's range. And boy, doesn't she start as a character? Well, doesn't she start yeah. getting irritating? I mean, it's nice that both the Doctor and Leela hate her as well. Leela yes. does a, a great <laughs> eye roll later on, and it sums up what the audience is thinking. The other two, I love. Um, I love the Colonel. He's great. Got a great set of mutton chops. Great hair as well. He's been in Doctor Who as well, hasn't he? He was... Is he a Time Lord? Something like that. He was, he's been in Doctor Who as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't remember what. And, um, yeah, Lord Palmersdale? Palmersdale or something. Henry. Henry, yes. Um, great character. Immediately sets up this... Again, a, a trifecta of, you know, he's the obnoxious git that unfortunately has some power. Um, the colonel is the honourable person, but is subservient to the git that's got power and money. And then, yeah, the, the hoity-toity thinks she's above everyone else secretary yeah. that is actually useless and yeah. can't do anything. Um, great characters. They great are. Characters, they are. Yeah. They are indeed. Before we really get to know them, though, that's when, um, you know, Leela... Um, says what she saw, and Reuben says, "Reckon you saw the beast of Fang beast, Rock." That be the beast, yeah. Yeah, and Tom's little smirk is back. You yes. know, well, yeah. this, this is the sort of, and we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been in this conversation where you're you're semi arguing with someone, and someone else will come in and back you up, and you think, "Oh, good," and then they'll say some mad conspiracy theory. And you go, oh, f- why did you back <laughs> me up? And this is great for that. We've um, spent weekends yeah. at conventions with oh people God, like that, haven't yeah. we? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go, oh, okay, they're backing me. Oh, no, they've mentioned the moon landing. Oh, shut oh. up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. I'm just going away. Um, interesting as well. So, um, uh, Adelaide or Adelaine or whatever the hell her name is, Adele. Um, so she, she asks Vince's name and he says Vince Hawkins. She immediately goes in with the subservient Hawkins. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she didn't want his first name. She just wants his uh, no. surname, didn't she? Yeah, he is, he is just a lackey to her. What a snob. Yeah. But I, I love Henry. Henry is bloody annoying, you know, in an entertaining way. In a very entertaining way, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because cause the, the, story, the story for these characters. And again, you didn't really need a backstory for these. They could have just been, you know, stock cipher type thing. But you get a really interesting backstory. So... They've they've been they've been a bit of gambling somewhere yep. presumably Monte Carlo somewhere like that. Um, the colonel has lost heavily. Uh, he's agreed to have Henry pay his debts, but in return he's given him some illegal stock market uh, sort of guidance yep. insider trading. And that's why Henry needs to get to London yeah. before uh, the stock market opens. It, exactly, yeah, because he wants to make a killer night. So he's he's pushed the captain of the boat, of the ship, the yacht, uh, to to basically go too fast. So he's got he's got blood on his hands already. Yeah. But he doesn't care about any of he that, does he? Any poor yeah. I love plenty the line more, plenty more where <laughs> they come from. When Henry says to the doctor, Are you in charge here? the doctor goes, No, but I'm full of ideas. Yes, That's a good great. Terence Dix yeah. line. That's a great Terence Dix line. I love that Tom um, to annoy Paddy Russell again comes in too fast so the camera can't keep up with him when he comes in the room um for s- somehow it seems fitting but yeah ah oh, uh, that he's, he's an arsehole he's sometimes the actor um but yeah he's and he does that great scene where he just jumps up and he goes hold on we haven't been introduced and then he couldn't care less <laughs> he's playing these people and he? he's got no interest in these people as people no so alien he is he's very alien in yeah. this yeah and we get our final character shortly after that. We get Harker, the coxswain, yes. Yes. who the, we know from Blake named, Seven in character. Exactly, yeah, the wonderfully named Rio Fanning. <laughs> yes, yes. I love him. Now, he, he played Daryl, didn't he, in he did, Blake yes. Seven's Children of Auron. He was Ginker's yeah. adversary. Yeah, he was. We, when we did that character, we rather enjoyed his. Yeah, we liked Daryl, and it was, um, again, yeah. unfortunate that Daryl died as well. Yeah. All the good ones die early. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's great in this. He's the he's the everyman um, position. So he's he's not like Vince because he's got experience. Um, he's the put upon normal person, and he's he's great. He really he puts his all into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's brought in the remains of Ben's body, hasn't he? Yes. And it and it's apparent yeah. something has been doing a post mortem on Ben. Um, there's been a bit of an autopsy going on. It is. It's the route on, isn't it? Trying to it is, yeah. study it's... and uh, understand what makes humans tick. Yeah, because if you, if you understand what makes them live, you can understand their weaknesses. But this, again, wonderfully um, wonderfully dark, you know, the way the doctor says, oh, it's an autopsy. Wonderfully dark. For, for what is ostensibly a children's show on a Saturday afternoon, this, you know, you you can. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with um, Mary Whitehouse. I think she was a, a, a absolute nut job. Um, but, but you can see why this was strong stuff. I mean, it's strong stuff now. Can you? It must have been amazing in the seventies. Mm, yeah. You know. 
Yeah. Just after this, it's one of my favourite scenes in the whole of this story, is the Dr. Leela scene, with Leela working out that they're dealing with an enemy that is not bold. And it ends yes. with her saying to the Doctor, do not be afraid, Doctor. Yeah. You know, she will protect him, won't she? He's taking Ben's body away for examination when you saw it. Into the sea? Under the sea. Probably tonight, Vincent, we saw what he called a fireball fall into the sea not far away. Another TARDIS? Not another TARDIS. Spaceship, perhaps. Yes. An alien creature which has never before encountered human beings. Why just behave that way? But why come here? There's nothing on this foggy rock. There's electricity, perhaps that's what attracted it. An alien creature? Yes. Travelling through space? Yes. And yet desperate, you yes. said. Why? Its behaviour pattern is furtive. What is furtive? That means it keeps out of sight while it spies out the land. Hoping to mount a successful attack. Then we are not facing an enemy that is bold. No. Coming. I don't think this fog's a freak of the weather. What are you talking about? I think it's being contrived to isolate us. That creature, or whatever it is, it's beginning bolder by now. Seeing this primitive technology, it's had time to calculate the physical strength of its enemies. I think we're in terrible trouble. Do not be afraid, Doctor. If what you say is true, we must arm ourselves and post guards. What about the others? They think we're mad if we start talking about creatures from outer space. But we're from space. We're oh, not a bitter. Don't tell them that. Whatever you do. What do you mean? Do not be afraid. Yeah, this this is great. So Leela's sort of... She's not written off this enemy, but from her point of view... This is an enemy that hides. It doesn't fight out in the open. So it's, it's not a very thing-like, isn't it? Again, <laughs> yes. Very thing-like. Um, so she she sort of she's not written it off, but she, she doesn't think it will be that. You know, it's it's not an enemy that to be greatly feared. And then she she switches around so often. So the doc, you know, I I think it's a bit later on where the doctor talks about uh, that this, you know, that it might actually it could be this scene where he talks about that. Um, about the Time Lords. Oh no, that's later on. That's later on, yeah. yeah. And that's a lovely scene as well. Yeah, and that's my joint yeah. favourite one, yeah. Yeah, it's, I love these two. Mm. They are great, they are great. I'm so glad, you know, our first proper Leela story yeah, is, is this good. one, you know. Um, well, we, are, we did touch on the invasion of time, didn't we? We did, we very briefly. That, yeah. But we will be returning to that at yes. a later stage. But uh, at, at this point, this is when the Doctor finally takes charge. No one's going to leave the lighthouse. Um, yeah. Ruben's resigned to death. He's pretty sure everyone's going to die. Yeah, because he, he, he remembers uh, the ballad of whatever, Fang Rock, where it's, it's predestined that one will die, one, no, two will die and one will go mad. Yes. So he's, yeah, he's given up at this point. He's sort of, he's almost, I won't say he's happy about it, but he's... He's ready to meet his fate. Yes. Um, which is a, uh, you know, again, very, very interesting characterization. Because he's not, it's not that he's given up, given up, and he's, you know, moping in his room or whatever. That comes later. But yeah, he's like, he's almost, he's almost rushing to meet his fate, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, yeah, we can't do anything about this, so hey, let's get on with it. Yeah, well, he's he, just he's about good. to meet his fate, isn't he? Because he, he goes is, down. Yeah. When he's down in the generator room, right, and yeah. he's like tapping the dials and all like that, um, he he crosses himself while he's looking at the yes. at it. Has he just burnt Ben's body? Um, I don't, I don't think so. 
Um, because why else would he cross himself then? Because yeah. back then, I mean, um, uh, being cremated was not seen as a particularly Christian way of doing it. I think it's just because it's a Bobby, isn't it? He's no, I suppose. He's, but he's looking at the boiler while he's respect, doing it, yeah. which is a bit odd. But well, he goes he, off. Perhaps he's thinking. Yeah, perhaps he's thinking. What if he burns up? Yes. Say, say on coal. Um, yeah, well, he goes off to the coal hole, and that's where he's yes. got that, got at as well. That's the end of uh, episode two, which really yeah. did speed along that one. Oh, it just flies by. Um, do you do you think do you think Terence Stix is is possibly the best story writer constructionist that the programs had? He he certainly knew his stuff, mm, and he knew yeah. the characters, didn't he? And he yep. knew the history of the uh, of the show and everything. You know, yeah, I mean, he's very, very, very good at what he did. Yeah, he he gets them, yep. doesn't he? Yes, he gets them yep. all. You know, even you know someone you you know like Leela that wasn't his creation. He he understands that character, doesn't he? You know. Yeah, he's he's absolutely spot on. Mm. All right. Well, we're into episode three, yeah. and uh, you know the oh, doctor. We, we, we did uh, at the end. At the end of episode two, my favourite Leela line: uh, "You will do as the doctor instructs, or I'll cut out your heart." <laughs> I, just, I love that. That's, that should be on a t-shirt. And she means it as well. She you know, it, she yeah. would do it. Yes. And so, I think Ruben got a great scream at the end of episode two. Yeah, and I I love the fact the actor you know he's he is the voice of Ruben yes, the Rutan, yeah. isn't he? You know, but he he's is. a totally different character. Yeah, good good actor. I mean, he's. Yeah, a t- completely different character from this point on. Because I suppose he is, he's a different, he's now a Brussels sprout, isn't he? Yes, yes, a Brussels sprout walking, yes. Yeah, he is uh, the thing, he's the thing before the thing. Yes, yeah, um, and Harker sees him, doesn't he? Because, yes. you know, he, he just walks past and he goes, leave me be, and as and this, he starts this, going up yeah, the stairs. This is great as well, because because Harker and uh, uh, and Ruben are sort of the same class. They treat each other up to this point, they, they talk to each other. Very well and very civilly, isn't it? I mm. like the fact that Harker called you know old fellow and that. It's really really nice. Yeah. But yeah, he um, you get the feeling that the Rutan because this is the first time the Rutans um, became a human shape, and he's like at this point he literally could just wander up and kill everyone because no one knows about him. But it's like yeah, I gotta get used to this body. Well, he's got to get used to walking. He's never used yes, legs yeah. before, presumably, unless he's impersonated a Sontaran before. You don't know, do you? No, that's a good point, actually, because he does mention later on that this is a new technique. Yes. So would they would they impersonate Sontarans? That's good, actually, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Mm. Um, well, when the Doctor comes back in, they, they talk about Reuben, and Harker's like, oh, I've just seen him. He's just gone upstairs. Um, so they all race to the top. But yeah. Reuben's locked himself in his own room, hasn't he? Yes. And has started glowing green. So, yeah, so we, 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 we as a we viewer, know yeah. something's up. Exactly, yeah. We sort of go, oh, okay. Yeah, because we're in the episode three. We need to start We need to start putting a few answers in place, don't we? Classic, classic yes. two scripting. Yeah. Episode three is where you start to piece the story together. Yeah. Uh, and it does in a very uh, sensible fashion. Yeah, because it starts off with, you know, uh, your dad and your brother's laughing yes, moment yeah. of the Rutan climbing out of Ruben's window. Yeah. Very, um, uh, very uh, Dracula, this, isn't it? You yes, know, the yeah, uh, no, the yeah. scaling the walls. Yeah. Um, and uh, going up towards the ledge, shortly Henry's going to come out on the ledge. That's a yes. bit of unfortunate timing. 
Meanwhile, down below in the generator room, we've got a nice scene between Daryl while Harker there and Leela with the hammer, yes. practicing how to swing yeah. the hammer. She works so great with uh, uh, with uh, Harker, isn't it? Because because the doctor's said that the boiler pressure's fallen, and she comes down. She's repeating it to herself, but then gets it wrong. She says the yeah. boy pressure. Yes. And Harker goes, "You mean boiler pressure, Miss?" <laughs> the great dynamic between them. Yeah. And then she picks up the the sledgehammer and, and is sort of wielding it as a weapon. And his he's just looking at her like, "What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is she doing?" Yeah. And that, yeah, as I say, Henry's gone out on the ledge to hide. Um, and uh, that's when he's got at as well. He's, yes. he's electrocuted and uh, falls to his death. Um, and meanwhile, Leela's got that hammer. She's gone up the stairs. She's gone to Ruben's yep. room. She smashes a hole in it. Come out, old one, she goes. Come out, old one. Yeah, I yes. love the, uh, <laughs> the, doc the doctor stops her and he's, he quotes lighthouse regulations. Yeah. He's like, you'll, you'll have to pay for that. Yeah, they all go back to the living room, the you know the living accommodation bit yep. there, and uh, that's when um, Adeline or Adele, whatever her name was, that's when she gets a worthy smack in the chops from yes, Leela so when she starts going hyster hysterical. Yeah, because um, again, the doctor is brilliant. So yeah, um, Vince calls down on the speaking tube, and the doctor's like, "Really? That's interesting." How interesting! Yes. How interesting! Yeah, and then he puts it because. Uh, Vince says that Lord Palmerston has fallen from the, fallen to his death from the light from the railing, just absolutely like you would be saying. Vince is saying it's raining. Yes, it's yeah. so good. But then, yeah, uh, Adele does this whole oh god, her screaming just starts to great. I know. I mean, perhaps perhaps I'm misjudging her. She's actually a really good actress, and this is the character she's playing, yes, which yeah. is an annoying. Let's person. take it that way, shall but, we? Yeah, let's be. Let's give her the benefit. Yes. Of yeah. 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 Um, so they go out, they bring Henry's body back in. Yes. And that's when Reuben goes down to see Harker. And we have that smile, don't we? Hey, yeah, we oh, I've got this in it. It's the, that smile is the best thing ever. It's so off-putting. It reminds me very yeah. much of the Fury from the Deep bloke, you know, who's got yes. quite a, you know, uninteresting face. But then he does that bulging eye mouth thing. And Reuben's a bit the same. I mean, he's been yeah. very surly and gruff and it's just that sideways look and that smile you know it's that yeah the knowing look mm. and that creepy creepy smile it's so good mm. okay um we're getting to the end of episode three aren't we um harker you know the pressure drops so they know something's wrong yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Vince calls up and, and tells Leela to tell the doctor that the pressure's dropped again, and uh, and so Harker goes to the yeah, doctor the very quietly. Is, yeah, immediately realizes that Harker's down there shoveling coal. If the boiler pressure's dropped, something's happened to Harker. Yeah. yeah. And down they go, and uh, yeah, he's dead in the coal hole. We've got yeah. the, the the real Reuben, haven't we? Yeah, so the, the Doctor discovers Ruben's body, um, and that's when he comes up, comes up with the thing saying uh, the chameleon factor, yes. which is, again, Tom Baker trying to annoy uh, the director, although as he says it now, he was trying to make the Doctor appear alien when he kept mispronouncing words, but I think he's just trying to annoy people, to be fair. Well, whichever um, one it is, but, at least yeah. he gets lycanthropy correct yes that's true which yeah. is nothing to do with what's going on nothing in this story. to do with shapeshifting like this no. <laughs> no no it's very specific um 
but it's it, it's a great it's a hair on the back of the neck moment, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah, when he says, "I've made a terrible mistake. I thought we were yeah. locking the threat out." Absolute classic. We yeah, are locked in with it. In. Yes. Yeah. What a great way to end an episode. It is, although it's sort of self-defeated by the fact that you, with that hammer, you could just knock out the the small sort of um, yeah piece of wood that Parker's done there. They could get away. At no point does the doc, doctor say, "Let's just all go back to the TARDIS." Yeah, I'll take you to Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, up yeah, Ruben goes. Four. Yeah, mm. yeah. Episode four, up to the lighthouse they go. Um, yep. This it, it, it's just occurred to me. That I was just thinking about you know go to Brighton. You know, yeah. um, this all takes place in one night. We yes, never see day, daylight, hours, do we? Yeah. It's it, it's a yeah. very quick what story. What if any other Doctor Who stories we never see daylight? I mean, Does any of the others take place completely at night? This practically is in real time, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you've got the bit with the, you, you know, you've got to allow for the delay of the, you know, survivors of the boat to yeah. climb up and get to the lighthouse. But it's all practically in, it's in real, real time. time. When, you're, yeah. when you're in the lighthouse, it's all real yeah, time, you're, isn't you're, it? You're right. There's about 10 minutes missing, isn't there? Otherwise, it's the 90 minutes the story takes is 90 minutes of these people's lives and end of their lives. Yeah. It's amazing that, yeah, it, so much is happening in such a short period of time. Yeah. Because this is when Ruben has gone to the lamp house and Vince yes. is there and he yeah. starts smiling again, yeah. doesn't he? Um, yeah, poor Vince. It's a great effect where he just puts his hand on his head and you get that noise. The yeah. And it's bye bye Vince. Bye bye Vince. Another one bites the dust. Yes, yeah. And then we get we get the um, a good scene. I mean, if you listen to the commentary that um, Louise Jameson describes, the scene of where she's shoveling coal and the amount of thought that actress put into this one small scene. You've mentioned this scene before yeah, in another. It's, it's superb. It's such cleverness. Um, but basically, yeah, she she Leela wouldn't know how to shovel coal. She would never have done it. She would never have seen a shovel in her life. So she does it in a cack-handed way. Yeah, I mean that's a small it, thing, but it's great. It's preempted in an earlier yeah. episode. You actually see her pick up a piece of coal yeah. Yeah. and play with it because she's never seen coal before. Never seen coal in her life. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No, no quips about bloody modern TV programs here. This is this is yeah. proper acting. Yeah. And it's straight after that we've got some fabulous acting because that is the moment where Leela says she's got total faith in the yes, Doctor to yes. defeat so, their enemy. Well, the, doc, the Doctor finds... I mean, this is, again, a very Blake Seven thing. He finds the uh, power relay, but it doesn't make a noise until you find it. Mm, it's yes. like robots that don't make <laughs> a robot noise until you know they're robots. Um, yeah, so he finds this this rather phallic silver tube. Yes. Um, and and he's he's piecing this together now. And, uh, yeah, he, he's sort of saying that shape-shifting is something that Time Lords can do. And Leela's straight away, well, we've got no hope then, because if it's Time Lord. And he's like, what? No, I didn't mean it is a Time Lord. Um, he's, we're well above that. And then she's immediately, oh, we're right then. Yeah, <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Because you, know? you are a Time Lord, she says, yeah. you know. She's, she's got total faith in him. Yep, yep. It's, it's rather touching, really. This alien must have great powers to change its shape as well. It has. It needed to study the human life pattern first. That is why it took the engineer. Organic restructuring is elementary physiology for time, Lords. Then there is nothing we can do. What? 
Well, if this creature is a time lord. No, not a time lord. Elementary physiology for us is something that lesser species might master after a few thousand centuries. Oh, then we have nothing to worry about. We don't? No. You will easily dispose of this primitive creature, Doctor. You are a time lord. But it took Ruben's form for a reason. To kill us stealthily, one by one. I like I like the fact that, you know, they were having, you know, problems, these two, um, you know, outside of the recording, but apparently this scene, you are a Time Lord and that. Every time you see uh, Louise Jameson's, you know, solo shot of her, Tom Baker's pulling faces to try and put her off. Yes. And that's why at the end, as he moves away, the camera, if you look before it moves away from Louise Jameson, she is grinning because yeah. she was just about to burst out laughing. Yeah, so it's... I think, yeah, there was there was tension and stuff, but from time to time, I think, you know, maybe it was just to piss each other off they were trying yeah. to, you know, I don't know. It is a weird thing to do. It's not, it doesn't it doesn't feel 100% professional if you're trying to put the other actor off, does it? But, yeah, I don't know. I, I know in the, the commentary for this story, um, yeah, she, she, this was an idea of their relationship. It got better because they had a big bust-up. Um, and she, she's got the feeling that Tom didn't even know he was being an arse. Right. You know? Um, but the, it, it got better from this point on, which is a shame because she's only got a couple of story, more stories to do. Yes, yes. Yeah, but uh, whatever whatever caused this weird touching chemistry on screen, thank goodness for it because it's it's great. Do you think you know watching it, you know, and people start saying, "Oh, that was a really good story. Oh, that was well acted." Do you think that might have annoyed Tom Baker because he, he he's he's it didn't go to plan? I mean, he, his aloofness and everything actually worked. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. If if his plan was to scupper this story, it backfired horribly. Mm. So I, I I possibly could imagine that it would have annoyed him at the time. I mean, now he says he's got no recollection of any of this, and I don't know whether that's whether that's just being sort of polite mm. to not you know because it, it is weird. But but yeah it. What, whatever he was doing in this, he should have done in all of them. Yes, yeah. But perhaps he wouldn't have lasted because if he really was that unhappy filming this one, he probably wouldn't have stayed for seven no, years. No, that's true. That's true. But compare this. So we've got an unhappy Tom Baker, and it's superb. It, it is the best Doctor's performance ever. And then compare it to like season seventeen, where you've got a a very very happy Tom Baker you know, uh, in love with this co-star, mm. got so much control that he's, you know, he, he could. they've said that they'd rather sack the producer than get rid of him. And we get not Silly a nonsense. great doctor. Yeah. yeah. True, true. Um, yeah, I've, I've put in my notes, um, and this is another alien sort of callback, um, Adelaide at this point reminds me of Lambert. Oh, she is like yeah, the hysterical yeah. one, isn't she? She's, yeah, so her, her mind's broken at this point. Again, I reckon Ridley was watching this. Yeah, maybe. He was sat home making notes. An annoying, crying female. <laughs> Tick. 
Needs a slap, yeah. Needs a slap, tick. Yeah. We can when we do the alien, we can just we can do Brussels sprouts. It'll be fine. <laughs> we don't need anything. <laughs> so yeah, you said the doctors worked out it's sending in a distress signal. This is the power yes. supply for something else hidden somewhere else in the lighthouse. Um, yeah. This, and weirdly, this is a power relay that can convert a coal-fired um, sort of you know boiler. It kind of like Bluetooths it to yeah, the device Bluetooth that's hanging outside to, the window. Up to that weird metal Christmas tree ornament. That's yes, that, that, that Reuben the Rutan has stuck on the windowsill. Yes. Because yes. that's where, luckily, that's where the Doctor has to go because he goes into Reuben's room um, and then Reuben's coming. So he climbs out the window and hangs there, yes. doesn't he? He does, yeah. Um, again, a bit, bit cliched that bit, isn't it? But. Sort of. What else are you going to we, do? Yeah. Well, that's it. Uh, if that had been like later on, if that had been Sarissa McCoy or later Doctors, we'd have had a comedy scene where a uh, seagull lands on their yeah. hands or they oh, have if, a sneeze. Or if cough, it was Sylvester or, McCoy, he'd be hanging there by his, by his question umbrella, mark yeah. umbrella, wouldn't he? Oh, God, yeah. yeah, that's what's to come, yes. Thank goodness for small mists. Um, meanwhile, Reuben... He's been in the room, he's come yeah. out the room, he traps Leela and the other two, you know, the Colonel and Adele, yeah. uh, in the living room, and then, you know, just kills Adele immediately. Yeah. Well, he's not even putting much effort into it, is it? He's like, he's so... He just puts so his hand on her head, and she screams, she's yeah. dead. And now, the audience cheers. Yeah. yeah, originally she was going to survive. In the original oh, script, really? she was going to survive. but they, and, and the colonel was going to survive as well. But they wanted it to more match the poem, yeah. you know, that the, yeah, which the doctor I, says I think at the end. It's probably the correct idea. It would have been nice to see the colonel survive because he's such a good character. But it would have been galling to have her survive. What, We've she'd be the hints, sole survivor? She, yeah, <laughs> yes. ah. They would well, have just left been, her on the rocks. It would have been brilliant. Yeah, it'd been brilliant if she survived, whining and moping all the way out to the TARDIS, and then the Doctor just looks around, pushes her into the water. Runs <laughs> off. That would have been good. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, during this story, because I was trying to work out the layout of this lighthouse, and I eventually worked it out, and I drew a little diagram there, and then I went back, and it every single, although they've only, because the doorway that, that they break down Reuben's room, is also used as a secondary bunk room. But every time they do it, every time anything's happening in the show, it follows the correct layout. There's mm. no there's no scene where, like... Because basically it's a story about people going up and down one flight of stairs yes. for 90 minutes. And it, every single thing works on it. So really, yeah, well, well edited. I was expecting there to be a bit of an error, but there wasn't. No, I, I couldn't see any of them. No. Yeah. All right, so... Um, you know, finally the Doctor meets, you know, yes. his and our adversary. Um, and I love that, may I help you? <laughs> yeah. As it squelches up these stairs. This is, yeah, this is, um, the, the, the angle on this scene is not great. When we're looking up, when we're looking down on the Rutan, great. As soon as we're looking up and the Rutan's in the same shot as Tom Baker, the angles are off and it, it looks like it's literally at his feet. Hmm. Uh, it, it don't quite work, but we get we get some great sort of the Doctor talking to the monster conversations, which is just wonderful. And this is all sort of what differentiates this from a standard horror film, isn't it? Because in a horror film, the monster would have just been a monster, right? <laughs> Now I remember Reuben the Rutan. You know our form? 
well when you've seen one route and you've seen them all. We are a rodent scout. We are specially trained in the new metamorphosis techniques. Well, I expect you'll get better at it in time. What are you doing in this part of the galaxy anyway? That doesn't concern you. You are to be destroyed. Got it. You're at last losing that interminable war with the Santarans. That is a lie. Is it? You used to control the whole of the Mutter Spiral once. Now the Santarans have driven you to the far fringes of the galaxy. The glorious Rutan army is making a series of strategic withdrawals to selected strong points. Rutan, that's the empty rhetoric of a defeated dictator, and I don't like your face either. Your mockery will end with your race, Earthling. When the mighty Rutan battlefield occupies this planet. Why invade an obscure planet like Earth? It's of no value to you. The planet is obscure, but its strategic position is sound. We shall use it as a launch point for our final assault of the Santaran rubble. But if you set up a power base here, the Santarans will bombard it with photonic missiles. That is unimportant. It will serve the cause of our final glorious victory. And what about its people? Primitive biped of no value. We scouted all the planets of this solar system. Only this one suits our purpose. I can understand your military purposes, but why murder a handful of harmless humans? It is necessary until we return to our mothership, and the mothership informs the fleet. No one must know of our visit to Earth. But you crashed, didn't you? Just as you made your discovery, you failed. Failed? We're sending a signal to the mothership with a power from the primitive mechanism below. You're not, you know. The ship will home in on the primary signal. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I fixed that as well, Oyster Fizz. All your interference is useless. The beam was transmitting long enough for the mothership to trace the signal. Can't be certain of that. It will come. But by then, you'll be dead. What could you Earthlings possibly do to us? Well, if you'll just step this way, I'll show you. This is a, a sentient alien that the Doctor can have a lovely discussion about tactics. They, they, yeah. they do. Yeah, the Doctor says the Santarans yeah. are, are winning the war. Yes. But Reuben Rutan says no, they're just making some strategic withdrawals. Yeah, this is, this is wonderful Terence Sticks writing, I think, isn't it? Because we get things like mentioning Mutter's Spiral. Yes. Brilliant. Excellent stuff. And uh, yeah, so the, the Rutan, it's like, no, 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 we're not losing. It's a strategic withdrawal. And the doctor says that's the empty rhetoric of a, you know, a, of a defeated, a, a dictator. defeated dictator. And yeah, I don't like your face bad. either. Yeah. <laughs> great, I don't know if that was an ad lib, but it's brilliant. Just just works perfectly. Um, you you get the feeling, although it's as enjoyable as these scenes are, you do get the feeling they looked at the running time and went, "Ooh, <laughs> we're a little bit short." Just have them talk for a bit. Yeah, and also it's the, I mean, they're shortly going to blow him to the bottom of the stairs, aren't yes, they, with the, yeah. with, with the gunpowder, only for him to come back up again. So th I think that might have been a padding thing as well. Yeah, I, I, I get a feeling that perhaps it was running short. Um, because in the, in the meantime, before this, the Doctor has, has set a task for uh, Skinsale and Leela to basically fill a, um, a flare gun, a, a rocket thing, with crap to shoot it with. Yeah. Um, which, which, uh, I, it's, it's such a good idea that the doctor's sort of um, 
you know, buying time by having a chat. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I gotta say, as 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 bad a panning as the Rutan gets for its its design and its look and that, I I when it's sat there and you're looking down on, on the stairs and when it's moving up and down the stairs. It looks really good. Yeah, I like the I like the white white tendrils out the back as well. Yeah, it's suitably alien. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, they've built a cannon, haven't they? Um, Yes, packed with all sorts of, you know, sharp, heavy objects. It's an early Shemurli. An early (laughs) Shemurli. Yes. (laughs) That's another great line. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I like the way that it's Leela who reminds the Doctor. Because they said about, you know, uh, you need a laser. Leela remembers what a laser is because the colonel says, what's a laser? And she says it's a very strong light. She's remembered learning that. Yes, and this is great. This is like when Jamie would learn stuff. Yes. And and it sticks. Because that's the thing with Leela. She's not stupid. She's incredibly intelligent. She's just uneducated. uneducated. So as she's learning stuff, yeah, it comes into play and she remembers it. And yeah, I like it's the fact that Leela says this, that it's, it's a big lie. Well, look at the character progression. Leela in this story is telling Vince, you know, science yeah. is yeah. If, science over superstition. But you see her very first story, it was completely the other way around, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, she's she's learned that, that superstition gets her nowhere, whereas science, you know, is, is the way to go. Yeah. And I love the fact it is Leela who points out to the Doctor, well, if you need a light to destroy the approaching mothership, yeah. we've, yeah, got we've got a light, light here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why can't we use this light? And to begin with, he's quite dismissive of the yeah. idea. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. And then he thinks about it. It's like, hmm, you know? Actually, yeah. 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 What a beautiful idea. Yeah. yeah. Great. And we learn that the Rutan comes from Ruta 3. Ruta 3. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's but it's an icy planet. Yes, yeah, and, and, and icy and wet, isn't it? They're, they're, yes. they're like an aquatic uh, species. So it was a frozen Brussels sprout. Mm. The worst kind of Brussels from sprout. From Iceland, yeah. Yeah. I don't know when you freeze it from Christmas, you can recreate <laughs> it. You don't need, a, you don't need a, uh, an eagle moss figure. <laughs> Just put a Brussels sprout in your cabinet. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what goes with Brussels sprouts. Uh, chestnuts. So the chestnut can be the Sontaran. And the Brussels sprout can be the Routon. There you go. We had them on Christmas Day. I was eating a Sontara and a Routon, and I didn't even know it. You were commemorating, commemorating the Great War. I was. I was. I was re- recreating it in my belly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Talking, of, talking of things in your belly and food, do you notice that Leela takes out his jelly babies and puts them in the cannon? Did she? I didn't yeah, notice she's that. got his bag of jelly babies, <laughs> looks at them and just puts them in the cannon. That is quite funny. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so they can use the the lighthouse to you know destroy yes. the mothership, but they need to focus the light through a amplified carbon oscillator. Yes. Now, who might have one of them on them? Well, it's yes. Henry, isn't it? He Henry, always, yeah. according to the Colonel, he always carries some with him. Yeah. Well, the Colonel shows him his cufflinks, doesn't it? And the Doctor's like, oh, not big enough. Mm. And that's when he says, yeah, um, his insurance. Henry always carried some diamonds around. Actually, this is a scene we get Louis Jameson smiling, which is just, mm. you know, warms the cockles. Certainly does, yes. But I tell you what I don't like. I mean, you know, the Doctor and the Colonel, they go down to find the diamonds. Yeah. And I don't like the way the Colonel dies. It's just... No, I, I, 
it gets me every time I want him to survive, and part of me thinks he could just survive. Don't go after the diamonds. Because, yeah, he's... You get this lovely scene where he's going through it, and he gets the diamonds, and he gives it to the Doctor, and the Doctor shakes his hand. Yep. It's like yep. the Doctor's got respect for this guy. Yep. But then he, he shoves the diamonds down, and the Colonel bends down to get him, and it's like, oh... But in a way, it's the this. Doctor that killed him, because if the yes, Doctor hadn't thrown away the diamonds that he didn't want... Yeah, he would have survived. Um, okay, the Kern, it's the Colonel's greed, essentially, that kills him, because yeah. he decides to pick them up. Just at the point where Reuben the Rutan comes round the... Well, not round yeah, the corner, round the bend so. again. Didn't, didn't to pay attention to the noise, did he? No, no. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, the Rutan is nobbled by the cannon... Yes, the cannon goes off. I like I like the fact that Leela says, um, like, where's the colonel? And he goes, dead with honour. Mm. And it's like, okay, yeah, that, that's good. You're not you're not being sarcastic about it. And then my the best bit ever, Leela goes to taunt the Ruta. I've that's got so gloat. Thing. Yeah, she is, she's a gloater, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and to her, that's what you do. You've defeated an enemy, you go and gloat. What's yes. the point of defeating it? Oh, you don't right. see that much in Doctor Who, do you? Gloating over the adversary no. dying at the end. No, I think I think we need it a bit. Because when she comes back and the Doctor's sort of, oh, I had a good gloat, have you? And she's like, yeah? And he goes, oh. He disapproves, doesn't he? Yeah. He judges her. And it's like, shut up, Doctor. Mm. Yeah. She saved your life. <laughs> uh, but then we get possibly the worst effect ever, the oh. mothership. Well, that mothership. Which is... Which is a, a CSO circle with a roaring fire behind Yes, it is, isn't it? What the hell is going on there? <laughs> much, m m m not too uh, similar, uh, dissimilar to uh, what was seen at Folkestone, you know? You yes, know. true. So, yeah. I, mm. I think you should investigate that story and find out. Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, so they set, they set it up. It's going to fire at this mothership. Yes. They run for it, you know. The, the doctor rather pointedly says, "Don't look at it." Yes, you know, and because um, because Leela, I know we don't we don't think Leela's going to die, but this is a mirror to the diamond scene, isn't it? So the colonel went back for the diamonds and died, and Leela goes back for a knife. Yes, um, but she survives. She not only goes back for the knife; she then pauses and puts yes. it in her yeah. boot before yeah, then continue to run. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And uh, but she does look back. She sees it's the explosion. Right. It's not a bad explosion. I like that laser shot. The perspective's all all nice. Yeah. Um, but it turns her blind, and yes. um, you know. Slay me, doctor. Yeah, yeah immediately. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. yeah. Just kill me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm useless to you. Yeah. Um, and then, and yeah. This so this whole scene was put in so that Louise Jameson didn't have to wear contact lenses. But you know what? On the TVs of the day, no one. Would, if they'd have just let her not wear it, no one would have noticed. Well, I don't understand. I mean, they they reckoned brown eyes would suit her character more yeah. than blue eyes. Yeah, what? <coughs> why? Yeah, why? Why? Um, also, like I say, do you think anyone, if they hadn't put this scene in and explaining it, do you think, like, in the next story, people would have been right into the Radio Times? Well, I'm not going to watch Doctor Who anymore because I've noticed that the, the companion, Leela, her eyes are different colour. Yeah. Well, I know when I saw this, I, I was now. watching it on my black and white portable yeah. in my bedroom, so it would have made no difference to me whatsoever. Yeah, mate, almost all of us, almost all of us as kids watching it, when the doctor says your eyes have changed colour, we'd go, well, we can't tell. No, no. It's black and white. Yes, it, a colour licence. It's pigmentation dispersal. Yes. 
according yep. to the doctor. And yes, I mean, yeah, Louise Jameson wanted to leave at the end of the last season. And this was one of the sweeteners to get her to stay. It's like you don't have to put in the contact lenses that you detested so much. You can have well, blue so eyes I, from I, there. I, um, <coughs> I, I, thoroughly, uh, I thoroughly go with her on that one because, you know, but back in the day when I used to do the spike makeup and that. And I, I don't know how you could do that. <coughs> it, was, it, it would give you such headaches because you're looking through colour. Mm. You know, you've got this coloured haze. So, yeah, bless her. I... I can see why she would do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad she did stay for another year. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it ends with the uh, the Doctor quoting that Gibson yes. poem uh, about the, the three. Of Flan- Flanano? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. About we the... should have we should have got it up, and we could have done a, a dramatic recitation of it. You've done a dramatic recitation of the Folkestone news, so That's true, yeah. we're all right. That's, we're all right. That's just as good. Yeah. By Mermaid Beach, that was. Was it? Evidently, that is a beach in. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a we got a copper beach. mermaid looking out to sea. Oh right. Yeah. Hmm. Is there any mermaids down there? Or? No, not in that water. Mm. No, That's no, no. Oh. <laughs> I don't understand how. Uh, just going off topic. I don't understand how they reckon that mer- the myth of the mermaid come about because sailors would see the the dudong, the sea cow, yes. and and mistake it for a woman. What sort of women were these they, sailors hanging they around They had been with? at sea a long time. Not all of them had the dirty postcards that Reuben That's had to true. remind them yes, of what they, a woman looked so like. So they, they see this, this warty, seal-like <laughs> creature and go, <laughs> Get the old Sid James, noise. Yes. So, all right. Um... So yes. that's horror so fang rock. Ended oh. the, the best Doctor story ever. Yeah, uh, no, it, it is terrific, isn't it? It is yes. terrific. Yeah. Um, mm. All right. So, but if we can focus on uh, the Rutan, right? Yep. Um, or Rutan. Um, right. It, here's a question for you. Uh, the yep. design of the yes. Rutan. What? What do you reckon? It's a difficult one, this. It's very difficult. Imagine, yeah, I can imagine on paper when they were... I've not seen any like original design for it, but I imagine when they were like designing it on paper, the idea was quite sound. Like you said, you know, short and round, like the Sontarans, makes sense. It's an aquatic creature. Okay, so it's green. We don't want to do a, a, you know, a suit like uh, a, a cheap you know, creature from Black Lagoon suit or make it alien. I think design-wise, I think there's nothing wrong with the design. It's not particularly imaginative. Um, I, I'd give it a six and a half. Oh, I gave it design. a six. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a big blob of Swarfiga, doesn't yeah. it? Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. But, uh, but um, it's, it's very alien for Doctor Who, isn't it? You yes. know, um, it's, it's commendably they've tried to get away from a man in a suit. But I think that's also scuppered them at the same time. Yes, you know, yeah. There's, there's probably a reason that most aliens in Doc 2 end up a man in a suit. Yeah. Um, because it's easier to film with. Mm. All right, that's 6.25 for the design. Right. So, But how effective well, this, in this its is, entirety? Yeah, I, I, I would like to score it just on the stair scene, looking down on it, because I think it would be much higher, because that is really well done. And I'm looking forward to you saying what it was made from, and it probably will be a balloon filled with sort of eager. Um But when you take into account the long shots of it, the looking up, the thing, I don't think we can count when it's uh, when it's 
Reuben shaped. So I think we've got to go on the creature. I, I can. Uh, I, I mean, it's not. I wouldn't even say it's middle of the road. Um, I'm going to go four and a half. A four and a half. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't think they're budget stretch for it. it. It should have been a bigger monster. It should have been a bigger puppet to to have it move a bit. It just. It does look like a, a Brussels sprout on a string. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much what you said, but I, I yeah. dropped it down to just a five for average, right. okay? So you got yeah. a 4.75 for that, all right? So if I add that... I feel terrible scoring it so low because it's such a great episode. But doesn't that show you that you don't need... A good Doctor Who episode shouldn't necessarily be about good special effects. Well, we can see that time yeah. and time again, can't yeah. we? Yeah. All right, well, that gives him an adversary rating of five and a half. So right. just slightly above average. That yes. Fair for yes, That's yeah. Fine. And uh, he's in a caravan all by himself. Oh, no one lives at number five and a half. So he's got his little, um, well, whatever it is, because we never find yeah. out exactly what the, uh, the ships ship look. No. The doctor says something about it being crystalline, but that's I, the nearest we get to it. Because he looks like a Brussels sprout, and I think, when I think of Brussels sprouts, I think of those um, those mesh bags that they come in. So I like to think his ship, whatever shape it is, it's covered in one of them greengrocers' mesh bags. You know, okay. All right, a crystalline version of that. Yeah, yeah. I've got it completely wrong. I can't even read my own writing. No, he does share a caravan. Oh, what was it? Oh, he, he's sharing with a number of people. Now, how many of these uh, um, characters would a Routon get on with, right? So, first of all, we've got the Axon monster. Well, greeny, vegetable -y. Yeah. Well, actually, he's not green. Axon is... He's... More orangey. Yeah. He's more yeah, orangey. I think they might, they might get on. Oh, they all right. They tentacle sizes. Okay, then we've got the Web of Fear Yeti. No, he's going to get snot all over his fur. Yep. But he could, he could sit in his chest hole. Yes, and operate him from there. Yeah. Oh, it could be like a little suit. For, like, It'd could be, be like a master name. blaster thing. Yeah. Oh, See, these are stories they should be doing. Yes, yes. Uh, there's also the crotons in there. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get on with the crotons. They don't. They're not. They're not a great fan of organic life. Are they? No, no. Carrier knights. Uh, Those um, crow witch things. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll probably try and pop him in their cauldron. Hmm. And then finally, um, you know, a he, he's a, like an aquatic species. We've got the siren, you know, from that pirate thing. Oh right. You know, so he could go off in the water in yeah. the bath with her, I suppose. It's a little, yeah, there's sort of a theme, isn't it? Because the, um, the Crotons were crystalline, weren't they? Yeah. And he's got a crystalline ship. True, yeah. true. All right. Oh, Ian, I'm a complete idiot. Oh, you got the wrong caravan. I've got, yeah, that's the effectiveness caravan. All right, scrap the last few minutes. Am I... Yeah, 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 let's yeah. rewind. Hang on a second. No, adversary rating is this page. Sorry, my printer has run out of ink, so I've had to, like, fill in gaps, um, you know, with my handwriting. Right, no, I found him. That, that's the level of budget we have for <laughs> Right, so five and a half caravan, five and a half. There are two other in right. inhabitants. We've got a Zhao. Okay. Okay. Don't think they'll get on. But. No. And then we've got the Vord. Oh, see, aquatic. Yes. 
they, they, they might get on. They could go for swims together. Yeah. And right next door at 5.4, you've got the Warriors of the Deep Sea Devils. Even more aquatic. Oh, yeah. It's a bit, this, this end of the caravan park's probably a bit fishy smelling, isn't it? Yeah, it's by the, uh, the, the water ride. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay, so that's that. So behind the scenes, right? Now, you must know that the origin of this tale is um, Terence Dinks being told your vampire story you've written for Doctor yes. Who. You're not showing it. We're not doing it because we've got this lavish, you know, the version of Dracula man. coming up. So uh, yes. come up with something else. Yeah, because he, he wanted to do what basically became State of Decay, but mm. I like to think would have been better. Um, yeah, he, he, he sort of posited that. Yeah, they said, no, we're... We can't possibly have two vampire stories on the BBC, uh, so they went with the the uh, nice looking but incredibly boring Louis Jordan version of Dracula. Yeah. That for for a long time was uh, not available and had a, a really high rating in fans. Yes, it certainly does. Views until until the BBFC, uh, not BBC, the BFI issued it, and then people shut up about it because it's not particularly great. Um, and Louis Jordan is horribly miscast. Oh yeah, and, uh, there's just something about that man. I've, I've, I've yeah. never, never liked him. No, no, he he comes across like he should be a concierge in a hotel rather than anything else. Um, yeah, so they they basically said to Terence, uh, yeah, you've you've got, you know, a short amount of time to come up with a replacement. Yeah, and, and Ro- being the wonderful hack that he is, could do it. <laughs> yeah, and it was Robert Holmes's idea yeah. to uh, set it on a lighthouse, wasn't it? Yeah, wonderfully atmospheric. I love lighthouses. I've always wanted to live in a lighthouse. Um, the the best the best uh, the best sequence in the film version of Day of the Triffids in a lighthouse. Yes, this is the very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they they're chuffing expensive if you want to live in one, though, oh, aren't God, they? Yeah. Well, it's not that many about, really, is it? No, not anymore. No. No, it's a shame. but yeah, I've always, I always wanted to live in the lighthouse. I think that would be amazing. I mean, the stairs would kill me. I can't handle one shot. <laughs> so, yeah, but but if they, there's something romantic about them, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Which there probably wasn't in real life because you got usually three or four men shut up for six months at a time. Yes. Not With only their dirty postcards. Oh yeah, and no, yeah. no bathing facilities. No, we well, jump in the sea, don't you? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the designer of this story, Paul Allen, he went to the Needles Lighthouse on the Isle of Wight. Oh, um, I've been there. Um, yeah, so have I. Um, he went there to research, and that and the one at Su- 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 Southwold uh, formed the basis for the studio sets. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is Paddy Russell's last ever work on Doctor Who because after this one, she's like, never again, <laughs> you know. Yes, yeah, she would. She, but, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? By all accounts, almost no one had a nice time on this one. No, but you wouldn't know it. You would not know it. No. You would perhaps, not know perhaps, it. Perhaps, um, like they say, perhaps uh, great art is forged through misery. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. Lengthy quote now from Peter right. Pegram, who was the visual effects person, right? right. As I say, this is quite a lengthy um, uh, quote from him about you know what he did in '77. 
Um, he says, here we go, uh, the majority of the Fang Rock production was made at Pebble Mill in Birmingham, and I believe it was the first time the pro program had been studio recorded outside of London. Mitch Mitchell was the video effects designer on the show, and he wanted similar, similar facilities in Birmingham to those he had in London. The Birmingham engineers built a video desk for him, but when it came to using it, there was a problem with the timing of the signal output. It was only a microsecond out, but Mitch was much, such a clever and forceful personality that he managed to take up the floorboards and feed the signal round some surplus wiring throughout the building and back into his desk so that it made up the vital split second in the timing. Only Mitch could have done it, and he served the pro program well. That's something, isn't it? You know, That's amazing. Yeah, you've got a split second speed. delay, yeah. so you make the cable longer. <laughs> clever, clever stuff. Yes. Yeah, right. Anyone that's ever um, had a surround sound system knows that, that so well that uh, you have to adjust, you have to adjust the delay slightly to to allow for the fact that the rear speakers are yes. further away on longer bits of wire than the front ones. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So I've got a clever bugger. Yes. Do All you right. know why it wasn't filmed in London? I, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I suspect all the studios were booked or we'll something or there was a, fo a, 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 a a bit of a mix-up or something you know and double bookings or something like yeah. that i don't know right regarding the uh, the routons themselves here, here we go this is how they did it right peter says again mitch used to think that we had made the routon monster out of frozen swarfiga <laughs> but swarfiga will only freeze at extremely low temperatures the I like the fact he's tried that. Yes. <laughs> he's obviously in his life has tried to freeze Fort Swarthy. Well, it's yeah. cheap, isn't it? You know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. I love the smell. <sighs> Always got under your fingernails, didn't it? Yes, yeah. Couldn't get it out. Uh, you'd be picking out Swarfiga for days. Every time you pick your nose, you could smell yeah. Swarfiga. Yes. Um, the Routon was in fact realised out of a special gelatine mixture and then coloured with a green vegetable dye. It was similar in consistency to an edible table jelly. We made several copies of the creature and kept each one in its individual mould until just before the recording. Inside each ball of gelatine was a high-intensity quartz halogen lamp operated by a rheostat. The heat generated by this internal illumination combined with the external studio lights would gradually melt the creature. We had to keep them cool for as long as possible, so we kept each root on in the canteen refrigerator until it was needed. So basically, yes, it's a gelatine creature with a bulb inside, which you then had to keep in its mould in the freezer because... I was going to say, do you think anyone in a BBC canteen accidentally ate one? <laughs> Ooh, lime jelly. It might have improved it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he then says, one sequence involved Tom Baker and Louise Jameson confronting the Routon on the lighthouse stairs. To achieve this, the model Routon was situated on a CSO backing in one part of the studio, while the actors were on a full-size set of the staircase in another part of the studio. We had to do all the action and cue in through monitors showing the complete image. Trying to make a green jelly creep upstairs, flash on and off, wobble as it is talking, and avoid touching any of the actors whilst in overlay was hilarious. But as usual, the many technical problems we presented with were overcome one way or another. It sounds horribly primitive, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well done to him. Yeah, and then one last thing. He says, uh, we did the model filming of the lighthouse exterior and the shipwreck on the small stage at our Western Avenue workshop. 
Not a drop of water was used, just black sheeting, fan, smoke and salt. All the model sequences were filmed at high speed and because of this each scene had to be storyboarded very carefully. I made the lighthouse miniature which was about five feet tall and one of my assistants redressed the original Onedian line model ship for the shipwreck sequence. That was quite a heavy model about three feet long. As well as the ship being adapted to the appropriate time period a special rig was fitted beneath the model to make it move with the simulated motion of the waves. During the filming, we were crammed under the wooden rostra for ages as we, as we tried to make the ship heave and crash on the non-existent swell. With all the smoke, salt and draft from the fans, life was very uncomfortable beneath the tabletop model. So there you go. Wow. Because if it was a three-foot model, it doesn't look like that size. Does no, it, it doesn't. But also he's saying that they were moving it to simulate yeah. the waves, but... I think they, they filmed more than what we en uh, eventually it ended up seeing, yeah. don't you think? I reckon so. Probably, presumably what was the other stuff wasn't used, it all looked worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if what we saw was all that they could show, yeah. what couldn't they show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, some more uh, Routon information before we go. Uh, okay. um, Routons never referred to themselves as individuals preferring the first person plurals we us and ours and yeah Ruben the Routon oh, does true, say yeah. that doesn't he yeah we are a Routon scout yeah you're right yeah oh. it says they had no individual names the Routon hive mind was coordinated by a queen who lived lived on Ruta 3 without her control the host would fall apart that's from a book called Shakedown okay, okay. so you would have thought the thing to do is like Starship Troopers find the brain bug yeah. And, and then it. and then they all die. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, in a book called The Quantum Archangel, the Routon host has been engaged in a war with the Sontarans for thousands, if not millions of years, although the two species had a brief alliance during the Millennium War. Who were they fighting in? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I wish they would. Um, and then also in that shakedown book, it says uh, at some point in their early history, the Rutons discovered a wormhole that linked Root Ruta Three with Centaurian. So I guess that's the Centaurian's planet, is it? Oh, right. I thought they came from Centaurian. On the new show, they come from Centaurian. Well, it says Centaurian. The Routons planned to use it as an escape route in emergencies and so modified the native species as guardians. The Routons were considered to be the shining ones and the technology to open the wormhole was hidden in a temple and guarded by Harabetal assassins. No, idea. no like, um, not ringing a bell? No, it doesn't ring a bell at all. all Sounds right. a bit like, um, uh, the, like DS9. Mm. The, the wormhole aliens, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, so sh Shakedown, that was the half-hour uh, Sontaran Oh, of course it was. Video, yes, it? it was. So presumably, because yeah. there's no Routons in that. Well, they must so be mentioned the then. Book, yeah, perhaps the book is fleshed out. Yes, yeah. Because I remember not a lot happening in that. Mm. Other than quite nice Sontaran designs. Yes. Right, and then finally, um, there's a book called The Gunpowder Plot which is about how in the 13th century the Doctor's TARDIS clashed with a Routon ship. The Routons crashed and remained underground for 400 years, by which time the Houses of Parliament had been built on top of the crash site. And then there's a whole thing about Guy Fawkes. Oh, so presumably Guy Fawkes was blowing up Parliament not to destroy Parliament. 
but to get rid of the Rutons. But to uh, either destroy or free the Rutons. Yes, I guess. There's tons more, but it, it all was a bit the yeah, so. Yeah, I, I, I always get the feeling that that the, the fan publications love the Sun Talents and Rutan War, don't they? So they probably use it a lot. Yes, yeah. they never come back in the show, have they? No, I mean, you know, we've we've got old uh, what's his face in in modern Who, but yeah. never any mention of a Ruton. I think we should start a petition to bring them back. Yes, in a yeah, in in a green string spaceship. Thing. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we go, um, we've got a shout out, Ian. Oh, good. Um, we not have a shout out for ages. We haven't. We haven't. But you sounded like David Tennant then. I haven't seen one for ages. Because I'm, I'm a cockney like him. <laughs> no, over on iTunes. Um, many thanks to Glados Mark Two. All right. Oh. Who has left us a nice Glados review? Mark I I don't know. But this is GLaDOS Mark II. Thank you, Mark II. Yes. Um, this is what GLaDOS had to say. Um, obviously, a listener to, um, you know, our other shows. Uh, GLaDOS says, be it Doctor Who, Blake 7, Mad Max, or any other cult show, these guys share their knowledge in an entertaining and enjoyable fashion without sounding condescending or over-opinionated. Just download and enjoy. Thank you so much, Ian and Eric. Please don't stop making podcasts. Check out NeoZaz with your podcast provider. Oh, well, thank you, uh, GLaDOS. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you like our shows. Yeah, um, that's a very nice thing to say. Yeah, yeah, excellent. All right. I think um, we're quite opinionated, aren't we? Well, we, we have opinions, but we don't, we yeah. don't thrust them on... That's our true, listener, yeah. do we? We've, you know? we've never, we've never forced anything down anyone's throat, have we? Uh, not to my knowledge, no, okay. no. All right, so uh, next time. Oh next yes, time. Yeah, it's, it's you choosing uh, old uh, Peter Davison. It is me choosing Peter Davison. Will you go with a good one? Will you go with a bad? One? I do you, not know, and there. this is going to be very strange because I, I have done it before, where you know, with the Dominators, where I yeah. chose an adversary from a story, you know, that I hadn't seen before. Yes. But when you, I did you that, chose poorly. <laughs> when I when I um, when I did that, I knew yeah. what the Dominators looked like, and I knew it had quarks in oh. it. So you don't even know what the alien or adversary looks this like. This time, I don't know. I know. I know what the adversary looks like. I this time, I I know the the name of the story, and I know what the adversary looks like. But aside from that, I know absolutely... I don't even know the name of the adversary. Oh. Right? Okay. So, clue time for you, Ian. This is Go becoming on. a bit of a, a regular f- feature um, for you and the listener. Listener, will yeah. you get yes, this? Yes, the story. Will you I've, get it before me? I, I, I don't know, because I think, Ian, you're going to get it right. in, in one word. Yeah, right? Mind. And if I say to you that the one word, the adversary that we're going to be talking about, it's one word, right? Okay. And it's a Blake Seven name. Oh. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Go for it. Belkov. Belkov, which is uh, from the episode Games in Blake Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was Stratford John. So it's four to Doomsday. Well done, it's, Ian. Uh, it's um, can't think of his name. Yeah, who Mr. am I talking Froggy, about? <laughs> Froggy, Froggy McGreenface. Um, oh God, what's his name? 
all I know is it's Stratford Johns and he's got a green face. That's all yes. I know. I don't know anything about the plot. I don't know anything what happens in it. I don't even know what companions are in this story. So, so I, I can fill in a little bit for you. Um, so this was the first story recorded for Peter Davison. Oh, was it? Um, because, yeah, they, they, wanted, they wanted to give him a couple of stories to bed in before they did his first story, Castrovalva, so that uh, he, could, he would know how he's playing it at that point, um, with the idea that if he, if he was playing it slightly different, by the third story, you're not going to notice much, mm-hmm. which is probably a, a sensible thing. What they didn't take into account was his hair length changes. Oh, um, right. The, the, yeah, uh, Adric's in it. So this will be interesting. Have you seen many Adric? Um, yeah, a few, but mainly the Tom Baker ones. Oh, you're, you're in for a, uh, an absolute treat. Um, so, the, so his name, I had to look this up because I couldn't remember it. He's, uh, his name is Monarch. Monarch. And he's in a bankum. Um Interesting this one because I've seen it a couple of times, but I haven't seen it in ages. Um, I, yeah, I'd be interested to see what you think of this one. Well, I've got absolutely no preconceived ideas. I've got no... I don't know anything about it. I literally know nothing about it. Weirdly, you've, you've once again picked one that, that has what may be some problematic racist oh, no. again um, in its portrayal of, uh, of, of species. Um, yeah, it, I, th- I think you might enjoy it. Oh God! It's such a difficult one. This, this is gonna. This is a. This is a marmite one for most people. Is it? People either seem to um, like it or hate it. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Well, it arrived today, as I say. So I've got a whole week uh, now yeah. to. Uh, I won't tell you what I think of it now, but uh, on its original broadcast, I liked it. I yeah. Liked it. All yeah, right. So, oh, this is interesting now because it's not one. It's absolutely not one I would choose to watch as a. Uh, as a sort of, if if I'm thinking I want to watch Peter Davison, at no point would Four to Doomsday jump up. Oh really? But right. perhaps it should. Perhaps it should. Perhaps we, it needs a reevaluation. Now you're being forced to watch it. Maybe it does yeah. need yeah. a reevaluation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm quite looking forward to this actually. There we go then. All right. Okay. All right. Listener, we'll come back to us in a week and you'll find out yes. what we both thought of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can let us know what you thought of it as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> whether whether it's uh, love or hate. Okay. We should get get a um, get a poll going on Facebook. <laughs> we might just do that as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right, Ian. Well, good stuff. See you next week then. See you next week. Right. Thanks, Ian. Bye bye. Bye bye.